computers. This is Intelligent Performance. Welcome to Intelligent Performance, where we are fanatical about excellence in human endeavor. And today we welcome Tracy Lamoro, a PR specialist, a publicist, and a representative and kind of media manager for some of the top celebrities. Today we're going to focus on some of the strategies and approaches she uses to help her clients get picked up or to navigate people who are getting picked up too much or in different ways or trying to steer media to the way you want it to be kind of put across and presented as such. She goes into specifically what you can do to kind of get in front of media and use media to actually win clients and specifically going to touch on the power of podcasting which of course we're obviously big fans of that but she's going to go into exactly the results she's seen from how how doing podcasts investing the time in episodes exactly like this can win you business down the track so let's dive straight in thanks so much for joining us Tracy, thank you so much for joining us. And where I'd love to start is to really hear your take on intelligent performance, given your expertise around PR, media, and just getting people out there. So what do you think in terms of your space? How would you, what do you interpret around intelligent performance? Um, I think, you know, well, I mean, like in any business, you have to obviously, I think a lot of it is time management, to be honest, because, you know, if you're an independent publicist as opposed to a publicist who would work for a corporation just doing their messaging, you are dealing with a lot of different personality management, time management. You're dealing with a lot of different needs, a lot of different businesses. I work across industries, you know, across industries, across borders. So you have to be quick on your feet in terms of, you know, strategies. You have to have an understanding of people. And I think you have to be empathic, empathetic to people. And uh, yeah, I think, um, but a lot of things like probably with any business is time management you know, really effective and, you know, almost like a triage, you know, triage nurse, you know, what's the most immediate because when media calls, everything has to go. I always see it all my clients. It doesn't matter if I have, you know, the top celebrity client or the small starting an entrepreneur client. If that's small starting an entrepreneur client has the media on the phone, you have the guy. Yeah. Sorry. You got to go. Boom. Media is that client is number one who has the immediate need all the time, regardless of, you know, so yeah, managing your time and managing, um, your clients and managing your clients' expectations, and you're always being honest with what you can offer and what they can expect. Because yeah. there's a lot of often dishonesty I hear about in the space when people come to me after being disappointed with other publicists. It makes me joke that PR needs better PR, but it's true. Like in anything, there is you know people that are taking my. And so I hear about a lot of you know, big promises being made. And again, we can do a lot of things, but you know I always say at the beginning, I've gotten clients in this, this, and this. We don't know till we start a project where we're going to get you or what's going to pick it up because. Unless I own those outlets, I can't make those promises and people shouldn't be, even though they do. But when we're talking about genuine, you know, PR, not advertising or paid media, it's always a pitch. Life's a pitch. And that's and understanding that and being quick on your feet and, you know, ready to do that. That's what takes um, is what's important in, in my space. So I'm intrigued. So as a as a publicist, right, so I'm, I'm not that familiar with what that looks like. Um, it sounds like you're just kind of this spokesperson for companies, brands, organizations, whatever it might be, individuals. So how do you kind of what's your what's your take on the world? How do you look at getting getting a message out there? What's your kind of framework? What, what would be your, your approach when, you, when, when someone comes to you with a project, say, what are you thinking about when you're kind of going through that process? 
So it always, we always see everything starts with the founder or the author or the whatever, whoever it is, somebody's coming to me to, they want to sell their book or they have a startup and they want to get investment for their startup or, you know, whatever it is. So I always say out front, it's not my job to sell your book. At the end of the day, I don't care. I care because I care about you and my client, but I don't care, quote, in terms of my job, how many books you sell. That's your responsibility. My job is to give you that platform, to put you on that, but to present you well to places you wouldn't otherwise be, be. And then everything. So today you might be selling a book. Tomorrow, maybe you're the one start having a startup. Today you have a startup. Maybe tomorrow you have a book. But everything I do elevates you, the founder. You know, so we're selling the book, of course. We're, you know, if you come to me with a book project, then we're going to be working on getting the media for the book and the book review that goes without saying the project that you come to we're, we're going to work on that but also you may not be thinking i'll also say well michael that's great tell me about what else about you though do you also love riding horses are you a big you know fan of whatever are you something you, you might be like well, why is she asking this well you don't know what kind of media opportunity i'm going to find maybe it's going to be relevant yeah and it, maybe you know it's horse magazine they're interviewing but you know they're going to do a profile people whatever this is an example but it's, it's obviously going to be profiling you and what you do yeah. and what you talk about and your book and all that so there's all these media opportunities that you may not be thinking of and uh maybe i'm getting away from the question i can't even recall the original question now i'm getting too excited uh, look i think i'm asking you about how you would approach how you think about these things because i think oh. let, let's t- let's say i talked to a lot of people who are kind of releasing books and especially in their their domain of expertise and i think it's really easy to look at that maybe in a two-dimensional way so i've produced this book on let's say what it's like to be a chief operating officer as an example you know then you go, okay, well, who's going to read that book? Well, maybe it's just COOs and, you know, you can look at it very granular like that. But mm-hmm. I, I'm intrigued, like, how do you, given that you're in this full time and you do this across industry and to have it, to be successful across industry, I th- I'd imagine you'd have to think about it differently. Mm-hmm. And you just name my, like the example you just gave is like part of my favorite clients beyond the f- big film, beyond the whole whatever, <laughs> because, because they're too, for the reason that you said they're the nonfiction book author and I do fiction, I do whatever, but the nonfiction book author, whether it's business or their personal story or whatever it is, yeah. right, they are a subject matter expert. Now, by virtue of publishing that book, no matter what their previous background is, either, you know, they're now an expert because they published this book and they could talk about it. So in terms of media, that makes them an expert. So right. yeah, now we're going to go do all the things. There's a million places I can, you know, get the book promoted as a nonfiction book, especially I've been doing this a long time. So it's like, you know, I don't know to reinvent the wheel like you would, if you're going to research, I can just put you in this channel. Oh, these, all these things will, will interview any great nonfiction book. So here we get this profile. Here we get that. Here we get that. Here we get that. Here we get that. While they're doing all that, then I'm taking the book specifically. Okay. What is now they're an expert, like a CEO expert, for example. So at the same time, now we put the book into the reviews. We're getting all the action that you'd want to promote the book. Now, what about the guy? Well, that's where I'm spending. I spend hours of my day looking through all these different media opportunities. And some of them, some entrepreneurs have heard of some. One is called Harrow. It's well increasingly well-known now. Help reporter out. The things you see on Harrow, we see days later or sorry, days before in the ones that we pay hundreds of dollars for in the real PR platforms. And so what you see there is things like, uh, I'm ready for Oprah magazines. I got one of my clients in Oprah magazine for a deadline of Sunday at 6 p.m. We're looking for hairdressers who can talk about, you know, hairstyle, you can do it home. So I pitch, I ask my client, what's your, you know, what is your tips for that? They tell me, I send it with their bio and their links, comes from a publicist, so they're clearly media ready. They're, you know, boom, boom, boom. We send it off. Next thing you know, the Canadian client who is in Toronto and has never 
been met at Oprah or anything. He's in Oprah magazine. And now we can use for the next two years as seen in Oprah magazine. Oh, I had another yeah. client, you know, you know what I mean? 26 years old, first media, zero media. We got her right out the gate in, in good housekeeping, which fit what she was doing. So there's I'm monitoring these asks that come out literally every day. And they're, those are just two examples. But daily, you see Fortune magazine looking for business people who can talk about this, looking for human resources experts who can speak on this, looking for CEOs who can talk about 2024 in business, looking for CEOs who can talk about how they're using or not using AI or chat GPT, looking for CEOs who can talk about hiring daily 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 i have a client two weeks ago she hired me she's a ceo but primarily her expertise is in human resources or companies an hr company and uh, no lie i've sent her probably seven or eight opportunities a day of which she has time to answer maybe three she's answered so we've been doing this for two weeks she's already had two full profiles done of herself and then in, in two other major quotes in two, that have come out in major articles one is like an industry specific really important magazine the other is a general interest article about you know the workplace and and a podcast and a bunch of other stuff. So these are big things. These aren't things you can buy. These aren't these are things that you can add to her media page. You know, tomorrow it could be NBC. Tomorrow it could we actually NBC actually is holding one of her call right now and they may be taking it. It's the NBC we pictured yesterday. So all these opportunities are daily and all the listeners are missing them. So that's Christ. the why, why do smart people, why why does it why is it so hard then? in some cases to get out what what are people getting wrong about this space is it is it they're not in the loop with this kind of stuff or is it is it uh, is it's a typical like a messaging piece about both. First of all, they don't know where to go. You know, it took a long time and research enough to figure out all these things and to be able to yeah. go, oh, I got a new client. Boom, boom, boom. That took a lot of time and previous work to get that. Right. It's not like yeah. on a list somewhere, you know, but in terms of some of these media opportunities, sure. Like some people, you know, like Harrow is open right now. I think anybody can do. I think they're changing to like um a different kind of model later where you're, they're going to be different. But right now, you know, you can just go sign up for free H-A-R-O and get on the list. But the, the thing is, it's more than just having that. Then you have to really have a be finesse about your message because right. A, there's, I'll give you some tips for success on Harrow real quick. Number one, answer quickly. People write a book or they wait three days or they overthink it. Well, a lot of people have seen that message too. They're saying, even if the reporter's deadline is Friday, if they have all the answers, the great answers they need by Wednesday, well, they're writing their article and they're not going to go rewrite it because you sent a great article on deadline. So yeah. how do you think <laughs> on your feet? Yeah. They only want a paragraph or two. You have the knowledge. Don't even overthink it. Don't overthink. They, you know, they will ask you if they want you to expand or they will ask if they can do a call or whatever. You're just literally pitching and they'll ask you. Don't say, oh, I can answer that. Actually answer it. So if they're saying we're looking to speak to, you know, hairstylists who can give tips at home. Don't say, oh, I, I'm a hairstylist. I can answer that. No, no, no. Give the three tips. If they like the tips, they'll message you and, look, you know, you'll get the in there. So answer what they're asking quickly and concise, like quickly, but also concisely and try to be creative and make it sound a little interesting, give it a little personality, you know, and then when you add, add your nice little paragraph bio under it, you know, more about Michael, more about Tracy and any previous links that you've got. If you don't have any yet, just don't worry, don't put those, but that's it. So you put a little answer with it. So you answer quickly, answer concisely. Don't give them a million things they didn't ask for. They're not going to read it. Don't answer other things. Don't. And just, it's a numbers game. If you answer 10, you'll probably, you know, and uh, as you get better at it, you get to, and do not be advertorial. You'll also see people, like I'll give you, this is an important thing to think, consider because people really shoot themselves in the foot. Reader's Digest, literally, this was a real opportunity. 
was asking for um, hints from uh, home repair people or contractors on things that people could do easily in the in the bathroom to fix their own bathrooms. And so I had a brand new client in the space. So I sent him that ask. And he's like, oh, yeah. So he sent back his answer was basically, you know, well, this is a really hard, you know, bathroom contract, you know, bathroom jobs are really hard. So instead, you should hire a professional. Our company does this, this and this and this and this. Well, Reader's Digest doing an article about how you can repair something in your bathroom <laughs> isn't going to insert in that article that you probably shouldn't do it at all. And you should call Bob's company. Yeah advertorial so what they're looking for there were actual tips like you know if you're going to do the toilet make sure you put the caulking or i don't know i'm not a professional <laughs> don't take that sense. advice but you know they were looking for him to provide tips like you would if he was telling someone and then he would have gotten the reader's digest article so is this, give them the- is this where you're finding podcasts i know you mentioned at the top of the call just before we jumped on it sounds like podcasts mm-hmm. is really that that's a very powerful space to really to do this right it's educational it's very different. It's oh, very genuine sure. as well. So what's been your experience when it comes to podcasting versus other media? Really interesting. Really interesting. Um, and number one, I want to say something real quick People about podcasts. People often say, you know, when I pitch a client, oh, you should go on this podcast. They'll be like, well, how many listeners does it have? And I'll be like, oh, I don't know. Why? Because you know what I was looking at? I was looking at how well done it is and if the content is on brand because a podcast that's brand new and has one listener today can blow up to their evergreen number one it could blow up tomorrow and people will you know it's it's worth doing number two i don't care how busy you are i'm pretty busy i've done almost 300 of them it takes a half an hour of your time where you're talking having a nice conversation like we are and then somebody else like i tell my client does the heavy lifting of you know making that nice little thing about you and writing about you and putting it up and then Give them that little link that's great for you. You can use that even if you only use it for your social media, throw it on your website, you know. But here's where the real value is. And I, I you're talking to a person I've been on te- like television multiple times, I've been on radio, I've been on newspapers, I've been in a Rolling Stone magazine about what I did, not about my work specifically. But I mean, I've never had anybody in all those major things call never once had someone call me up and say, Hey, I saw you on NBC TV and I want to hire you. Hey, I read about you in Rolling Stone. Why it's never, ever, 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 ever happened. No matter how massive a thing is, which is really yeah. weird, considering at least 10 times, at least 10 times, people have called me random people who say, I love you. I heard what you said on whatever podcast, something I maybe don't even remember doing a year ago. And mm. I don't certainly don't remember what I said on that podcast. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, that thing that you said about whatever really struck mm. me because you're talking, like you said, genuine, you're actually talking. It's not a little canned one minute in on the TV camera. You're talking, you know, you're saying things. So you're either going to resonate with the person or you're going to think they're full of crap and you're not going to want to. And that's fine too. Right. Yeah. But if you like them, you're going to reach out and you know, what they feel accessible to people are like oh you know maybe maybe they look you up more than they may but i've had and also i think that the audiences though are really engaged the Mm -hmm. audiences who choose to listen to a podcast on a particular topic versus whoever happens to be watching nbc on that day so even if your audience on nbc is you know five million people so then how many of those people are your actual business potential audience, you know, in terms of your your pro your product, and then how many of them are like, you know what I mean? When you get deep into it, how many of those are your actual core audience? Whereas a podcast, if you're a marketing guy and you're on there talking about marketing, the people who are listening, sure they might be marketing people. The other people listening are going to be people who really want to know about marketing. And if you sound like you know what they're you're doing, and they're looking for a marketing person. 
they're going to look you up. And if you seem accessible and you're saying, hey, sure, give me a call. I work across in- and I, I work across industries, across me. You know, that's ad- that's advertorial. Call Tracy if you hear me on this podcast. But I mean, editorial, you're there giving your... But the thing is, like anything, you're pitching the podcaster with the same respect as you pitch the newspaper and the television and the whatever. It is actual media. It's a fifth media. It's a new media. And they're there, you know, if they're doing it, if it's not just something, mean, some just sell, you know, pay and pay per play or whatever. But most of them, you know, are there to with an... They care about the messaging that they're giving to their audience. They're yeah. actually trying to present like you a specific you know you have a niche this is what we talk about and we don't just have random people on that i want to promote what they're doing unless it fits with you know what we want what we share with our audience like an editor right this is our so same thing you have to if you want to be on them and you should you really should you want to pitch appropriately with respect listen to the podcast know whether they even have guests don't be emailing podcasts that don't have guests at all so you should be a great guest and they just know it's just a mass email actually the secret of the pitch is actually be genuine don't just the people could tell a mass email a mile away (laughs) i've never once got a no one's ever sold me anything on linkedin because it's always this crap but you know what in the old days when i needed clients not just on referral now almost everything's referral but i would go to linkedin and reach out with the kind of message that you know you would think would be ignored but the thing is i'm always actually genuine sure three quarters of the message is going to be a cut and paste the part that's about my bio and all that where i'll actually say okay here's the cut and paste stuff but before that it's going to be like hey michael which is true i actually did go to your page i'm not going to be messaging you unless i went and checked out your page i saw what you do and then i would go to your media page okay it doesn't look like he's so awesome it doesn't look like he has a lot of articles or interviews i think he should so i realized i actually can bring value if we work together i know for sure he does a good thing i can get him interviewed that he's not I might approach that person on LinkedIn. Hey, I really like what you're doing. I resonated with that. I see you do this, this, you know, this is what it made me think. And this is the kind of opportunity Mm. I recently saw for you. If you ever want to talk about working together, I would love to do that. And I get, even in the old days, before I had a crazy bio, like now people are like, is this really you? It's really weird. But back in the old days, they would be like, oh, sure, let's have a conversation. And normally I don't respond to these, they would say, you know, but something, you know, like you seem really genuine. Because yeah. I, you know what? I actually sent them a human email. People are scared to do that. Everything's about telemarketing and scripts and getting mm. someone to write something. Yeah. Just talk at the other end of the screen. I've done the same thing and got celebrity clients. I mean, I work in big spaces. I work on red carpets. And you know what? The other side of everything, whether it's, you know, big business with a big, impressive startup founder or whether it's a superstar at the other end of everything is a person who's sitting there trying to figure their own stuff out and figure out what, you know, where they should go, what they should do next. So, and so let's, be let's, to talk, yourself. let's talk about that, Tracy. So in that celebrity space, does it, does it change? Or I mean, I'm intrigued, like that's not a world which is very familiar for me, but when you've got celebs, when you've got people who <laughs> are well known, yeah, it sounds like being genuine is kind of, it's a, it's surprising in some regards that that still gets cut through by being genuine, which would suggest like unin or disingenuous. Is I mean, that can be hard when you got like a target on your back and stuff too. Sometimes you get more like a wall about because you don't know you've been hurt. You know, you've been burned before trying to be genuine or thinking you could just talk, and then all of a sudden you saw it be all blow up all crazy, and then you realize the game isn't necessarily the way you thought. It, so, the game isn't necessarily genuine. So that so, sometimes so it's more media management with that. Okay, so what are celebrities actually asking you to do, Trace? What 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 kind of types of um, is it? Jobs to, for them. 
Yeah, is it continue to raise profile or is it to they're trying to go into a specific niche? So they're trying to manage bad publicity? How did what, what are the two, types of two different things? One sometimes going to a different niche that's happened more than once where they're like, Hey, so I'm known for this and I really want to go to this. So how do I do that? How do I make that yeah. jump? That's a one that's a recent thing with reality TV, a couple of reality TV guys actually, <laughs> like well-known shows. But um uh the other thing is it becomes more media management. So like, you know, they're already getting a crap ton of media. They're getting requests okay. every day. They're getting too many requests and they don't even, number one, they don't have the time to filter through them, but also they don't, what should I answer? What should I not answer? You know, they want to be taken care of. Like somebody's looking out for them in that scary media world. Like again, when you get that, it's, you don't think people are targeting on their back, but there's always somebody with an agenda, you know, like whether it's okay. just to pay money to get, get a picture. Like it's not, you know, you never know. It's a weird creepy ass world sometimes when you get into that. So sometimes you yeah. want someone like that, you that know is at, you know, come to someone that, other people have told you is ethical and doesn't care about that stuff. doesn't play the celebrity. Isn't going to be impressed. Like the most yeah. important thing is you have to not be care. I mean, like I laugh now. I'm like, I've lost that fan thing. You know, even when you go to a concert, I'm always like, really, am I just, you know, okay. I feel weird. Like, you know, am I just going to be like, you know, I've lost that fan thing. Cause it's such a business thing to me now. So that I'm always like, well, do they need a publicist? Is that why I always think, <laughs> but that's good. That's what they want. Because when you're a celebrity and everything's fawning over you, the last thing you need is another, person who's impressed that you're a celebrity what yeah. you want is somebody who will be like listen that's great yeah sure i'll work with you you know this looks like a good fit and here's how it's going to be and this is what you need to know because like yeah you know what i mean and so you know just some protection really like and it can be a vulnerable place to be in so sometimes yeah. they want somebody else and i'm not usually i have never written well in one case i've written like the statement and then they've approved it and i had one person who always wanted me to kind of write the statement and then they would approve it you know kind of verbally mm -hmm they would tell me and I would write. But in most cases, I've been like, no, no, you know what? People, when people say that, I'm usually like, no, no, no. People want to hear from you. Don't be, you know, just you go ahead and write it and then send it to me and I'll tell you if it needs any finessing, like if something reads weird, if you're worried about the verbalization or if you're thinking you might not be thinking about something, you know, that may be why, like, why they want me to do it. They're just, no, you go ahead and write it. And if, you, if there's an issue, I'll let you know. <laughs> so, I want to touch on then, What's changed for you in your career in doing this? Like, what have you identified? Because it sounds like, like, you, yeah, you're like, you, you obviously live life for like a, a hundred miles an hour. It's, it sounds like it's a crazy world living in media. I can't imagine personally. I'm like, you would be so my to do list, like my paper to do list is like my next important days <laughs> work. So, what have you like? What's changed? You know, f for you in terms of refining this, such that you've kind of found a a sustainable way, Tracy, because if you're having to react so so quickly, you're having to find be genuine in a whole different angle and different industry. Like, what have you found to be sustainable? Because I think that's what I, I just listening to you with all due respect, Tracy. I just found I sound exhausted. I'm just like, oh man, as much as it sounds exciting around this, oh, I know man. it's a lot. Yeah, it's and a it lot. is. And, yeah. So. How do you how do you approach that? Is there a sustainable way? Is there something you've kind of ad, ad, um, adopted, as it were, to be more sustainable from that regard? I think I'm starting to think about ways to make it more sustainable as I get older, because I'm 54. Don't let the red hair right. fool you. And in 10 years, I probably wouldn't be as energetic. And, you know, and that's if I don't have the kind of health problems that a lot of people my age that I am blessed not to have that are having. So, I, you know, right now, it doesn't like some days it's too much, but that been very rare. Like that would be one you know, the, uh, odd day when like the worlds collide and this is needed yeah. to be done and this is needed to be done right now. 
but that's a bit like usually I'm pretty good at managing that with you know when that does happen you're like eh, and then you just gotta do like I mean you know I'm just doing it right but yeah. um it's been pretty there's like uh, there's been few enough times that I actually remember them and the funny thing is that it's funny that you ask this question because if you look at those lists that they make about the top 10's most stressful jobs I used to laugh like why is PR in there I love it so much but PR always comes in there like number six just right after you know like firemen and stuff like that which i'm like what <laughs> but it's because a lot of journalists have said to me a lot of them i don't know how you do what you do i used to because there's a lot of crossovers i tried to be yeah. or i did PR for a time but i had to stop because every day you have to come up with something new yeah. i mean that's great what you did yesterday but now how are you going to sell me today it's always right. a new thing a new thing but you know what the, the answer is i guess you know i really love what i do i built this out of nothing i built it you know where i came from it wasn't it wasn't like i went to school i didn't go to school for this i came from writing, learning my to write my first press release at 29 to get some make things happen on an activist perspective and 20 years later i thought gee i should i could actually take all the skills i've learned from media and turn that into a business which i did at the age of 42. so i've been i've built all this since 42 and i'm really proud of that i'm like if i hadn't have done this i'd be working i'd be lucky if i'd be working in middle management in some office at some job i didn't care about yeah so okay. that's why every day i'm and i'm looking at all the jobs that i used to think were well paid and now when my first instinct is like it's actually really sad that that's just the cap there's no more there's no way you can get yeah. past that there's no you know, you couldn't pay me enough. There's no, I've thought about this a lot. I can't really imagine someone being able to pay me, offer me enough money to stop what I'm doing, to yeah. go work for them eight hours a day. Yeah. It's too, so it's still exciting. It's leading. I mean, I'm going to Malta. I'm going to Dublin. I'm going to, I've been this year to New York and Washington and Chicago and for all different projects. And it's all exhausting, but at the same time, not really. It would be harder. Yeah. You know, I volunteered once for four hours a couple of years ago for a charity and the charity had us volunteering, packing grocery bags, you know, at a checkout counter. And then people were supposed to donate to the children's charity, you know, instead of paying the check after four hours then I, all I could think is if I had to do this tomorrow and the next day and the next day, like most people do, that would be what kill me. Mm. We're doing this just like I can, I enjoy this. Like it's fun. It's never more fun than to call someone up and say, guess what? Guess what? Guess who I got in Oprah? Guess yeah, who's going to be in me? People are excited. It builds their whole career for the next two years. It literally builds their career. They're getting, so it's fun. It gives me opportunity, but I have to, my, my plan for the future is to, hopefully that's why i've been taking on my speakers agent now and they're gonna start getting me you know the high-paying speaking gigs so that i can start doing in the future 10 years from now more talking about and more educating which i've started to do and that's why i started doing all the podcasts and less you know actual taking on clients i'll always work. have some yeah. clients maybe four instead of 20 yeah right <laughs> you know PR sense. people don't retire the guy who was known to have invented pr they were talking about him in new yorker not long ago and they were saying he, at 96 he was still going to his office every day wow. and when i read it i was like yeah <laughs> it kind of sounds like a career yeah which almost like it, it chooses you almost less um you know, in my case <laughs> yeah and uh and I can certainly see the power of having someone who lives in that world 24-7 versus trying to engage with it on a one-on-one. -on -one. I, I hadn't really you know, mm. thought much about that. Um, but also just a just a really hard gig to get right. Because I know from working in the marketing agency here, when you talked about managing expectations from a client, a lot of them can be way off 
And, mm-hmm. you know, and they think as soon as you mention that you've got the hairstylist in Oprah, well, you know, I could maybe I could be an Oprah. And it can be a kind of, you know, dissatisfaction that they never made it into Oprah if they only made it onto, you know, uh, uh, some of the news. Uh, you, get, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, no, exactly. Or you get people who literally, like, I, I don't even take on clients like this. Like you'll see them, you know, but I see them when I look at job boards or, you know, little things sometimes. And they'll be like, literally, they don't They'll be like, I've written an article. I just need a publicist who'll get my article into the New York Times. I've literally seen that. Or Rolling Stone. So I'm like, and their and job, 150 bucks. So number one, it wouldn't matter how much money you were going to pay, but certainly not 150 bucks. <laughs> but even if you were offering $10,000, you, yeah. do you know how many writers have made their life's work to try to get into Rolling Stone? And yeah. you think you could just write an article about your company and you pay someone and you're in Rolling Stone? That is not the way it works. And I'm not the one who's going to educate them about that. So mm. I want people who are like, not about like, you're so way off like that. No, I'll just be like, okay, that's not, you know, if you come to me, I'll explain. But I wouldn't be looking for that per client, you know? Yeah. So people have to understand like I would say, you know, but I would pitch every client to Oprah if they're appropriate for it. And yeah. you might get picked. It's just like yeah. it's as easy to pitch Oprah as it is to pitch your weekly, your daily weekly. Whether yeah. they e- either one of them picks it up is up to them. And we yeah. don't know what they're going to do with it. It's all about Thanks. the pitch. Okay. And cool. Well, Tracy, I really appreciate you kind of pumping up the uh, <laughs> pumping the tires of podcasts because obviously we've got a vested interest in that world. But I think you're right. I think it's. Um, mm we the, the power of this new medium and i think it's kind of going through an evolution i'd say i think there's a lot of a lot of people trying to do it a lot of people trying to figure it out a lot of people trying to um yeah see what actually works and it's it's certainly not not straightforward but yeah i certainly appreciate you no and people don't realize there are podcasts that have far more listeners far more listeners than any television show you've got you're gonna see yeah, I agree. There are podcasts that have five million listeners a day. They're like twenty-five million around the world. So people think it's not just somebody you know in their basement. And even if it is, they have twenty-five million listeners. And again, so it doesn't matter. But I hate when people say how many podcasts, how many listeners does it have. Well, I don't know. Two more when we go listen to it, and then a yeah. bunch more if you do a good job and we go promote. So it's one hundred percent worth it. Number one, it is legit media, like all those other media sources. But on top of it, it has extra 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 value for anybody trying to show their expertise build their thought leadership get their message out get investors get sales like honestly i could I, i'm enthusiastic about it because i speak i actually to other publicists <laughs> for a long time about why podcasts matter so yeah. i feel like you've just done the put the pr job on our podcast so thanks so much Tracy. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> there you go <laughs> just awesome. say well, Tracy, that thank, you. <laughs> thank you oh yeah certainly so thank you so much for joining us it's been a uh, yeah a fast and whirlwind experience into the life of pr and um yeah like thank you so much for what you do and thank you so much for joining us today Thanks so much. And sorry I talk so fast. It's been a problem since I'm little, you know. <laughs> when I try to talk slow, it always sounds to me like I'm really slow. So that's one that's the one thing, you know, I do need to as a publicist, I should know to modulate my voice, but that's really hard. So <laughs> thanks, Michael. It's been a pleasure. Oh good, Trace. Thanks.